0: Welcome back to the Daily Devotion. My name is Kevin. I'm the pastor of Christ Church Conway. We're a congregation of the Presbyterian Church in America here in Conway, Arkansas. The Daily Devotion is a time for us to be strengthened in our faith through the study of Scripture and theology. At present, we're working our way through the letter that we know as 1 Peter, this letter that Peter wrote to the elect exiles to comfort them in their suffering with the gospel of Jesus Christ, to help them understand how to apply the gospel to their particular situation, how it shapes their understanding of their situation, how it sheds a light on their lives as exiles and, and how it sheds light on their lives as they suffer and how it offers comfort. We come this morning to verses 11 and 12 of chapter 2, which some commentators see as kind of finally the, the actual introduction to the body of the letter. He has laid out the, 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 the general ideas that he's going to be dealing with in this long introduction, and now he begins to, to dive into some specifics. And so as we look at verses 11 and 12 this morning, we, we will see a little bit of a, a change. He, he moves from dealing with these, you know, kind of soaring views of who we are and now begins to instruct us in how to live in light of that. So let me read these verses, 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 11 and 12, and then I'll pray for us and offer a few thoughts. This is what Peter writes. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul, keeping your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Father, as we look at your word and as we hear Peter's urging us to action, to particular action, We ask that you would strengthen us by your spirit, that we would not rebel against your word, but would receive it in faith, being strengthened by your spirit to walk in obedience as we rest in Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. So there's a couple of things about this. Uh, There's actually not just a direct kind of raw imperative given in these verses. In the ESV uh, and in other translations, verse 12 begins with an imperative in English, but in the original Greek, there's not actually an imperative there. Uh, it's it's a, a participle that, that kind of gives the opposite side of what he's calling them to in verse 11. So we have in verse 11, he urges them, he exhorts them, Uh, to a a negative activity or or to activity given in the negative, don't do this. And then in verse 12, he gives the positive side, rather do this. And so we kind of see this kind of parallel or or both sides to the same coin that Peter gives here. But notice he, he identifies them first, you know, I urge you as sojourners and exiles. Now that's important. It's important because as we think about the imperatives of Scripture, it, it is important and it is valid for us to think about our context in which we are going to try and walk in obedience to those imperatives. Because the context, really, it does change how, how we obey. That just the reality is that if, if we're in a situation where everybody around us is seeking to walk in the same direction, even at a moral level. Just the the social pressure of that is going to get us moving in that direction. I mean, that's just the reality of the situation. It it it's how we work. We're 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 you know very much whether we like it or not. And, and don't get mad at me for this comparison, but we're very much herd animals, right? We we don't really like to stick out. And so it's important for Peter to recognize as y'all get moved out into these pagan areas away from your community of faith, as you're forced to live out in the world where the patterns of life are different, where you are a sojourner, where you are an exile, where you are an outsider to your culture that you now live in. It's important for Peter to recognize that and for Peter to get his readers to recognize that. It's important for us to recognize those realities about our life because sometimes that's the difficulty that we have in walking in the ways of God is that it's not moving in the same direction as culture. When there are things that we choose not to do, that the culture around us is totally fine with or even encourages, th- that makes it more difficult. And-, and so we need to be willing to just recognize that very human reality, that-, that that very kind of real part of the human experience. And so Peter recognizes, look, I get it. Y'all are outsiders, okay? So, so abstain, from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. There's this reality that that he knows that the the world into which they have been thrust at this point is a very different world. And what the passions of their flesh is going to want to do is blend into that world and walk in the ways of that world, even if it's not in step with the gospel, even if it's not in step with God's word. And so he's reminding them don't do that. You're outsiders to that world, so don't let that world dictate your reality. Don't let your flesh, don't succumb to your flesh's desire to blend into the world around it. So that's part of what's going on here. He's recognizing the difficulty that's going to come with that. We need to recognize the difficulty that comes with that. That's why we need a community of people around us. The Bible talks about the reality of our friends, the reality of the community in which we live, affecting how we live. That's just, that's a fundamental reality of life. And so Peter recognizes that, And calls them to abstain from that, to resist that. And and then he he adds this clause, abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. See, that's the weight of the matter. When we're living according to the passions of our flesh, we're waging war against our own soul. This is why this is so important because when our flesh is looking at the world and taking its its moral, its ethical, its behavioral clues from the world, we're, we're running a big risk because when the world is saying, hey, it's okay to do this, people do it all the time. Don't worry about it. And, and, and we want to blend into that world, and we don't want to stick out. We don't want to be the ones who, who make some decision to live some certain way that people aren't going to understand. We're, we're not just not obeying. We're, we're waging war against our own soul. That's why this is such a weighty issue. It's not just like, oh, we want you to live and be good and look right. No, 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 There's deep warfare going on here. So when we choose to follow our flesh and what it wants, and when we justify that with what the world around us is saying is okay, oh, we put ourselves in such a dangerous position. Because we're we're warring against our own soul, we're undoing our own faith. We're working against our own faith in Jesus Christ. Verse twelve gives the positive side to this: abstain from that, keeping your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that they may so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they might see your good deeds and glorify God on the day. Of visitation here we see in verse 12 as as we look at uh at how it's translated in the English we we have this as a uh, as an imperative keep your conduct uh, and and I mean there certainly is to be sure an imperatival force to what's going on here. But, but he's describing the opposite of, he's giving kind of the, not the opposite, but the positive side of abstaining from the passions of the flesh. That, that, that's the negative way to say it. Abstain from this. You know, that's, that's the prohibition. Here's the commendation. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Now, there's a couple of interesting things to note here. First of all, he's already said, you know, abstain from the passions of the flesh. Don't live according to the passions of your flesh, especially those that even the Gentiles would recognize as dishonorable, but rather do that which is honorable. And here's what's interesting. He's dealing with this in a way recognizing that at some level, even the Gentiles are going to recognize the honorableness of what it is that you're doing think about that. When we we follow the passions of our flesh, even the world around us, even if we're walking and and doing things that they're trying so hard to give approval to, even the world around us at some level recognizes the dishonorableness of what it is that we're doing. And so abstaining the, the prohibition Means keeping honorable, keeping your activities honorable, keeping your life honorable even among the Gentiles, even if they don't live that way, keep doing what you're doing. So that when they speak against you as evildoers, when when they say like, oh, they're they're causing problems or they're this or they're that, that, that there's evidence to the contrary. There, there's been a long history of this with, with the Christian church. Throughout history, Christians have been both spoken of as evildoers and recognized for their benevolence to the people around them. They've been spoken of as, as people that, that follow false gods or, or, or that worship all kinds of gods or, or all kinds of things when you look at the, the Roman culture. But at the same time, they took in the poor and the rejected of society that they weren't just about themselves. So we would do good to think, okay, what is it that that the world sees us as evil about and and how do we obey God but but pursue honor in that? Are are there areas that that we can do as Christians that which the Gentiles see, which non-believers see as honorable, which the world sees as honorable so that they're not speaking evil against us? Are there things that, that we do supposedly in the name of Christ that they actually don't see as honorable, and maybe they're not actually in the name of Christ? Are there ways that we live that don't lead to the glorifying of God, even among the world? See, Peter recognizes that that the gospel utterly changes and affects how we live. And it does so in a way that even the world looks at us and sees that, that what we're doing is honorable because we're loving God and truly loving our neighbor and truly caring for them. So don't follow the passions of your flesh, which are going to well up and want to be you know, comforted in suffering, but, but remain honorable. Remain walking in the ways of the Lord. We can only do this with his help. We can only do this by his spirit, but that is what we are called to. May Christ by His Spirit strengthen us for such work.